0: Hello and welcome back to Pastor Merritt's Old Testament Overview, Lesson Number 38. you have the outline we will be beginning on page 2 near the top at point 1. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1.9 as may or may not be necessary. Old Testament Overview Lesson Number 38 Point 1 Jealousy is one of the most vicious facets of the old sin nature. Point 2 When someone is successful, there are always people who are jealous. Point 3 If the Lord is using and blessing you, expect to be the subject of sour grapes. Point 4 Jealousy is a mental attitude sin that can lead to bitterness, envy, sins of the tongue, murder, etc. 4.1 Jealousy can destroy the enjoyment of Category 2 love, i.e. love between the right man and right woman. 4.2 Jealousy can destroy anyone and can even lead to psychosis. Job chapter 5, verse 2, and Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. Point five. If you feel strongly about something or someone, it is then that jealousy, a horrific mental attitude sin, often raises its ugly head. Five point one. Often siblings are jealous, athletes are jealous, pastors are jealous of each other, Professional people are jealous of one another. Church members are jealous of one another. Business peers are jealous of each other, as are partners in crime, etc. 5.2. The sin of jealousy includes the concept of covetedness, envy, the inability to accept rivalry, and the inability to positively accept the prosperity of others five point three The mental attitude sin of jealousy is therefore related to the sins of judgment, pride, refusing to forgive others, wanting to be first, not wanting others to have things unless you too can have the same, etc. five point four Jealousy is a mental attitude sin is closely related to the heinous sin of pride. The sin of pride is the first of the seven major sins listed in Proverbs chapter six, verse sixteen to nineteen. Five point five, rivalry is not part of God's plan, because it is He who determines promotions. 1 Timothy, chapter two, verse one through three, Romans chapter thirty, verse one, and Psalms chapter seventy-five, verses six and seven. 5.6. Matthew, in chapter 7, warns of judging. It is a terrible mental attitude sin with serious traumatic consequences, and more often than not, it has its dark roots in the mental attitude sin of jealousy or bitterness. And that's from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1-5. through five. 5.7. God is the mentor of every born-again Christian, and as such, he from his omniscience and sovereignty has provided for us our own spiritual life. It is perfect and includes a host of others who are none of our business. 5.71 Authority realms are there to protect us from one another. This is especially necessary given our terrible, propensity to judge and be jealous, bitter, etc. 5.72 Jealousy often motivates revenge. and Revenge puts us nose to nose with God just asking for His knockout punch. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 35 and Romans chapter 12 verse 19. 5.73 Revenge is is a product of trifling with another man's wife. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 32 through 34. 5.8 As the scripture says, it is God who causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Therefore, There is no place in the realm of proper Christian thinking for jealousy. That's from Matthew 5, verse 45. If it didn't rain on the just and the unjust, then there would be secular and not supernatural motivation to believe and be saved. 6. The source of jealousy, like all mental attitude sins, is the old sin nature where mental attitude sins insidiously poison our souls. 6.1 This is understandable when one considers that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Jeremiah chapter seventeen verse nine reads, "The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked." Who could know it? Six point two. The Bible says, even the Lord Jesus Christ is sometimes preached because of jealousy and contentions as opposed to proper motivation. Philippians chapter 1 verse 14, And the great majority of the brethren, having come to a state of settled confidence in the Lord, having been influenced by the Gentile persuasion of my shackles to take that step of confidence, are more abundantly bold Fearlessly breaking their silence and speaking the word of God. 15. In fact, certain ones who, even because of envy and rivalry, but also certain others because of good will are proclaiming the Christ. We continue on with verses 16, 17, and 18. Some indeed, out of a spirit of love, Knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the good news, but others, out of partisan, self seeking spirit, are proclaiming Christ, not with pure, unadulterated motives, but insincerely, thinking to raise up additional afflictions to my already existing chains. What is my feeling in view of these things? The only thing that follows is that in every manner, whether in pretense or in truth, whether insincerely or sincerely, Christ is being proclaimed. And in this I am rejoicing, and I will certainly continue to rejoice. Point seven. Negative volition toward doctrine inflames the sin of jealousy. First Timothy chapter 6 verses 3 and 4, and they read, if anyone teaches false doctrines and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, he is conceited and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, which is hyphonos, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions. Point eight Jealousy is also a sin related to unbeliever reversionism. Romans chapter one verses twenty eight and twenty nine and they read And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a retrobate mind, to do things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. Fornication, Wickedness, covetousness, Maliciousness, Full of Envy, Murder, Debate, Deceit, Melanity, Whispers. Point nine. Ill-placed pride is a direct result of rejecting doctrine and tends to motivate great jealousy. Acts chapter 13 verse 45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, zelos, and spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Point 10. Jealousy was a motivating factor in the crucifixion of Jesus. Mark chapter 15 verse 10. For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. Point 11. Jealousy motivated the brothers of Joseph to sell him into slavery. Acts chapter 7 verse 9. And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Point 12. In Isaiah chapter 11 verse 13, jealousy is said to be a motivating factor which split the nation Israel. Then Isaiah 11, chapter 12 and 13 read, He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. Ephraim's jealousy, in a bad sense jealousy or envious, will vanish and Judah's enemies will be cut off. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah nor Judah hostile toward Ephraim. Point 13. So great was the sin of jealousy between man and wife in Israel that a special offering developed. Numbers chapter 5 verse 11 through 31. They read, Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, If a man's wife goes astray, and is unfaithful to him, by sleeping with another man, or her impurity is undetected, and if feelings of jealousy come over her husband, and he suspects his wife, or if he is jealous and suspects her even though she is not impure, then the husband will take his wife to the priest. The husband will prepare a grain offering for jealousy. The priest shall. Have her stand before the Lord. Then he shall take some holy water in a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor into the water. The priest shall place in her hands the grain offering for jealousy, while he himself holds the jar of bitter water that brings a curse. And the priest shall put the woman under oath and say to her, if no other man has slept with you, and you have not gone astray and become impure while married to your husband, may this bitter water that brings a curse not harm you. But if you have gone astray while married to your husband, and you have defiled yourself by sleeping with a man other than your husband, here the priest is to put the woman under this curse of the oath. May the Lord cause your people to curse and denounce you when he causes your thigh to waste away and your abdomen to swell. May this water that brings a curse enter your body so that your abdomen swells and your thigh waste away. Then the woman is to say, Amen, so be it. He shall have the woman drink the bitter water. she has defiled herself, her abdomen will swell and her thigh waste away. She will become accursed among her people. If, however, the woman has not defiled herself and is free from impurity, she will be cleared of guilt and will be able to have children. This, then is the law of jealousy when a woman goes astray and defiles herself while married to her husband, or when the feelings of jealousy come over a man because he suspects his wife. Point 14. The sin of jealousy is self-destructing. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. A sound heart is the life of the flesh but jealousy, the rotting of the bones. Point 15. Jealousy is designated in the scripture as a devastating sin. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 4. Wrath is cruel, and anger is outrageous. Who is able to stand before jealousy? Point 16. Jealousy, prevailed in David's kingdom. Ten tribes in the north were jealous of Judah in the south. 2 Samuel chapter 19 verse 41 and 42 Soon all the men of Israel were coming to the king and saying to him, Why did our brothers, the men of Judah, steal the king away and bring him and his household across the Jordan? together with all his men. And the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, We did this because the king is closely related to us. Why are you angry about it? Have we eaten any of the king's provisions? Have we taken anything for ourselves? Point 17. So much for the doctrine of jealousy. Now let's continue with our study of Genesis chapter 16 and verse 7, where Hagar encounters a theophany. Genesis chapter 16 verse 7 reads, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. one hundred eighteen verse 7, the angel of the Lord. 19. 19. John Barnhouse has written of this phrase, the angel of the Lord. The study of this phrase with a complete concordance will reveal that this messenger of Jehovah was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. 19.1. Given the fact the appearance occurred before the resurrection and ascension of Christ, we call it. The Theophany. 19.2 What a lesson in humility that the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, was willing to be the messenger to a mistreated Egyptian slave girl. 19.3 His job was to bring to her a message of grace. She was a special person because she carried the child of Abraham. Who himself was the father of the Jewish nation, God's people. 19.4. Let me give you five points on the phrase the angel of the Lord. 19.4.1 The angel of the Lord is identified as Jehovah in several scriptures. In the Old Testament is Yehovah, and in the New Testament, the Lord is Kyrios. Angel in the Old Testament is Malach, and in the New Testament it is Angelos. Let's look at several scriptures where the angel of the Lord is, at least from the context, Christ. Genesis chapter 16 verse 7 And the angel of the Lord found Hagar by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur, a city west of Beersheba on the route to Egypt. Genesis chapter 22, verses 11 and 12. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. Exodus chapter 3 verse 2 And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and... Behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 12 Then the angel of the Lord, Jehovah, answered and said, O Lord, Jehovah, of host, Saba, How long wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah? against which thou hast had indignation these threescore and ten years. Judges chapter 6 verse 11 and 12. There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak and which was in Ophrah that pertained unto Joash the Abizarite and his son Gideon Wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Acts chapter 7 verses 30 and 31. And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, an angel of the Lord, and a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him. 19.4.2 Many angels, and even one called an angel of the Lord, distinguished from Jehovah in other scriptures. It is therefore difficult to always identify the angel of the Lord, i.e., whether the angel is Christ or an angel. Exodus chapter 14, verse 19. And the angel of God, Elohim, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them 19.4.3 the angel of jehovah is often the second person of the trinity but not always therefore the context must be taken into consideration the second person of the trinity is the visible god of the new testament john chapter 1 verse 14 and the word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1 verse 18 No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. 19.4.4. Both the angel of Jehovah and Jesus Christ are sent by the Father. 19.4.5. Since both the Father and the Holy Spirit cannot be seen by man, and since Christ has been seen, it is concluded that Christ is very often the angel of Jehovah in both the Old and New Testaments, unless the context demands otherwise. 19.5 Technically, an appearance of Jesus Christ before his resurrection is called a theophany. An appearance after his resurrection is called a Christophany. 19.5.1 An example of a theophany Exodus chapter 3 verse 2 through 8 And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and, behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight by the bush is not burnt. And When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And He said, Here I am. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, but off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the second place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, 19.5.2. An example of Christophany. Acts chapter 9, verse 3 through 11. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why perk it? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened he saw no man. But they led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. He was there three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the streets which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he prayeth 19.6 so much for the identification of the angel of the lord now let's return to our study of genesis chapter 16 verse 7 we will do just that in the next lesson that's the conclusion of lesson number 38 of the old testament overview If there's anyone listening without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, remember, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So long.